0: This idea of using an alter ego, it's not about you faking it at a behavioral level. What this is doing is it's drawing out of you the natural abilities that you do have that are laying dormant or trapped because of worrying about what other people are going to think of you, Yes, concerns and worries about something failing, or...
1: Todd is a performance coach working primarily with executives as well as Olympic athletes. He's the guy that they would call when the athlete is absolutely burning up, falling apart and crumbling in the moment of truth. And he helps him discover their alter ego. And my hope is you discover yours during this interview. Enjoy my time with Todd. Hey, so uh, so Todd, welcome to the show, man. Mr. Ferry, it is a pleasure. Mr. Ferry, my oh, yeah. dad, is my dad here? <laughs> I appreciate that. So I don't know how we don't know each other, but we know so many of the same people. Yeah. I was actually referred to you directly by a good buddy of mine, uh, Zvi, who is the founder and CEO of Contactually. Yeah. And then you were just at my event, you know Jay Abraham, you know Sam, our, our mutual
0: producer. Yeah.
1: How have we not met?
0: Um, Where do you live? What's, yeah, yeah. it's because I'm on the East Coast. You're, I'm, ha- I'm tackling the East Coast, you're on the West Coast here. Yeah, it. so New York, City. I mean, I don't even know, um, but I've had, Like just for so long, people like you and Tom have to connect. You and Tom have to. I'm like, I don't know if I'm big enough to connect with Tom.
1: Shut the (laughs) yeah, please.
0: Hi, I didn't have 19, uh, you know, people like bidding to get
1: my book. So I think I think I'm soon going to be like, do you remember back in the day when I was able to interview Todd? Now you can't even get him on the phone. Yeah. So all right. So for the people that, as we just banter and have fun, for the people that don't know who you are, maybe for my listeners, agents, entrepreneurs, owners of companies, startups. Um, give them a little backstory, a little flavor. Who are sure. you? Why should they care? Like what's, what's this all about before we go into this killer book?
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm a, uh, farm kid from Western Canada. Grew up on a big farm and ranch outside of Medicine Hat, Alberta.
1: Okay. I know yeah. Alberta. Yeah. yeah I know yeah. Medicine Hat, but I love that. Yeah.
0: So Southeastern corner, uh, grew up, you know, cleaning chicken coops and, uh, developing a fairly solid hatred of chickens. Uh, yeah, they are smelly animals. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I was a, an athlete and ended up, you know, managing to get myself some football scholarships and playing football at high level as a national League badminton player. And one of my superpowers was that I developed was kind of my mental game, yeah. which ended up getting me into starting a business after I was out of college, working with young athletes all on the six inches between their ears. Nice. And it was, it was, wasn't, I didn't, I don't know about you, but a lot of my life is just sort of me unfolding into and working on things that I was just really curious and passionate about. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, taking some missteps of course along the way, but I ended up building up they were, this. They weren't
1: missteps. They were, they were things you needed to learn yeah. to figure out what was, you know, Yeah, yes. yeah.
0: A healthy healthy amount of those. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I built this sports training business working with pro Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that evolved into me working with business owners, entrepreneurs, all on performance. And, you know, I, I just united the world. Because, you know, in, from my perspective, some of the biggest issues and things that stop people is the things that are rattling around between their ears, the six, that six inches stops. I mean, yes. so many people, they know what they need to be doing. They don't need even more information, yes. Yes. Um, but what they do need to do is maybe shift a paradigm or de- develop a different context about things. Yes. And um, so, you know, been able to work and travel all around the world, now live in New York City with my three little kids and my wife. And congrats. Um, pumped to be out here talking to you now
1: yeah man love it and I know yeah. you're kind of in the midst of like a huge podcast tour yeah, and yeah. speaking yeah. tour um so maybe just you know for the person listening um give them just like before I yeah. got I got a ton of questions I yeah. want to ask yeah but the alter ego effect um when I first got this I saw that word ego and I like alter ego and you're yeah. obviously going to explain yeah. this whole yeah. thing but like give them the backstory like why did you write this book yeah and and what is it that you ultimately want the person to get? Sure. Like there's a lot of people that talk about that ego word. Yeah. But this is a different flavor. It's a different like a totally different hook.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: so what's your goal here?
0: Yeah, so I mean, the, my my big mission with this is to really bring people back. Yeah. to and understand the one superpower that we as human beings have is our creative imagination. It is the one thing that truly makes us unique on the planet. Mm-hmm. And And we get beaten out of using it to its full capacity because. You're referring to school. Yeah. Yeah. Religion. Parents. Grow up. Job. Yeah. Environment. You know? So, you know, the great thing about this is every single person that's listening to this right now, you that is listening to this right now, you have used this already. Yes. Because it's a part of the human condition, it's a natural part. We all played with this idea when we were kids of like, you know, playing our favorite basketball player or hockey yes. player, or being a superhero for a moment, or a nurse, a doctor, or whatever. Turning a box into a castle or a car, <laughs> yeah. right? Creativity, you name, you name it, and um, and then we end up. Getting told oh, you know, grow up and we start to internalize that as, oh, those things that I was doing when I was a child are childish and so I need to start acting more serious and taking, you know, in acting like an adult. Yeah. Um, and we forget that this thing is the very tool that we can use to help us move past insecurities, resistance, and actually honor who you are at your core. Yes. So alter egos have nothing to do with being inauthentic or being fake, like mm-hmm. the word fake. It sure, you make sure. It. sure. Have nothing to do with it. It's actually you. Uh, its root, f- its root um, word actually came from Cicero in 44 BC. He's the one who coined the term alter ego. He's the great Roman philosopher and yes. statesman. Yes. And it's Stoic. it's it's true term means yep. the other eye or trusted friend. Yes. So an alter ego, me. This became my secret sauce in uh, pro sports, Olympic sports. I became the known, known as the guy who builds them for athletes. Yeah. Um, because I became the guy who would. Uh, be brought in on the, in the 11th hour when someone's in a slump and be like, like we're going into the U.S. Open in three days, and we understand that meditation is really, really important, but we need something that can work fast, kind of thing. Yes. And I became a bit of a quick hit artist that way, and it's because alter egos can just dramatically shift someone's performance just really quickly because you're using the back door to performance, which is the creative imagination, and you move gracefully around this resistance that naturally stops many people. So I immediately think of, uh, how this relates
1: to not just athletes that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got to give you a little, just a little inside scoop. So my, uh, my mentor from say age third, no, 29 until the day he passed away, which would have been three years ago. was a guy named Mike Vance. So, Mm. so if you read anything early on Apple, right, he was Walt Disney's mentor, Mm. right? He worked for Walt Disney or excuse me. He was Steve Jobs mentor. Yeah. He worked for Walt Disney right? For nine years was, was basically in charge of ideas and people development. His whole thing was, Walt, help us express naturally who we are, that child, that child within us. And let's give that experience in everything that we do. Yeah. Right. So, so everything that Mike wrote about was think outside of the box. Yeah. Creativity, that childhood spirit, that be that authentic self, be who you are. Even if it's outlandish and crazy, we'll find a niche for that. Yeah. Is that Kind of like a, along yeah, the same it, lines. I it's, know it's a little more scientific. Yeah, we're,
0: we're, we're running parallels with it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not, I'm not saying be childish. I'm saying tap into that childlike yes. genius yes. that we have yes. that doesn't have the layers of expectations built yes. on it yet or traumas or personal narratives that people have naturally built up over time, right? That crust that we get. Yep. And then we end up, those things end up ended becoming impediments for people. Yes. And again, like I've worked with people for 16,000 hours plus mm-hmm. one-on-one. Yep. Now, I have group stuff and all that, but I actually cut my teeth only doing one-on-one stuff. You I will I, I love will it. happily yeah. admit that in the beginning I was not that smart business-wise. Yes. Um, and so I didn't know any different. I just That's how I built my business. And, yes. and But what it's given me is an important insight into what people actually do Yes, to get to where they want to go. And here's what I can tell you. My great frustration with the personal development, self-help and leadership world has has been that they have been trotting out ideas that are not proven. It is Mm -hmm. actually not what people are truly doing to be successful. Yes. And one of those golden threads that was starting to weave between my athletes that were consistently performing at a high level was that they would use, they would say things like, oh, I step into this other persona or when I get on the field, I'm doing this and stage. I create this state, yeah, this energy,
1: yeah. this person. Exactly. And da- you you know, David Goggins?
0: Oh, absolutely. Right. So
1: we've interviewed, do- I've known yeah. David for a couple of years. He said, when I was a SEAL, I wasn't David Goggins. I, I became Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. Goggins was the alter ego. Yeah. Right. He was the one that could do everything.
0: Yeah. Well, with this book, I'm hoping to catch a little bit of his, uh, his, uh, his, you know, tailpipe right now because his most viral videos are about him talking about his alter ego and all I'm doing now is giving people the exact process. People have been, if you really look at the breadcrumbs, they've been there forever. Yes. It's just that, and getting back to your point about, you know, why so many publishers, you know, were, you know, asking me about, or, you know, bidding on the book. Yes. You know, we'd come into, I'd come into these meetings in New York and, um, the, some of the first things that come out of their mouth is, "I feel like I've been doing this all my life," and I'm yeah. like, "I know you have. You're yes. a human being." Yes. And what I what I what my isn't mission- isn't great
1: when the publishers read oh, it and they're I like, know. "Dude, dude, this you're talking to
0: me." Yeah. We're like, "Yeah, we yeah. should sell some of these.
1: I know people should let's, get
0: this message. You're like <laughs> maybe let's let's put a bid in on this book, possibly." <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so my my ultimate win. I have yeah. a friend Clay Bear who I want to introduce you to at some point in time. He's phenomenal. Um, phenomenal guy yeah. And he says What's your champagne moment Going to be With yeah. this book And I said When people aren't whispering At tables About using this mm-hmm. That people are like Oh yeah No 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 I absolutely yeah. use an alter ego yeah. To help me go and do The best things in life So I can bring that well, I talk about that heroic self yes. Out onto the field of play For yes. you Like that's my mission Because it is what people use Is Clay related to uh, Guy? No Okay. No.
1: no. I I know Guy from, so Guy, if you're listening, big shout out to you. Um, Amazing uh, hockey player. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And a really great golfer and just a super fun guy. Yeah. So, so let's go into this. Like one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you know, we keep talking about this alter ego, Mm -hmm. right? And the note I wrote down was, isn't this really just saying like, don't be yourself? Yeah. Like fake it till you make it. Sure. Like, like that's how some people are going to interpret this. For sure. They will. Yeah. Help us understand.
0: Yeah. So, um, and that, and by the way, that's natural. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that you need to remember is that who you are is a constantly evolving self. Yes. Like the performance that you were getting eight months ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. is probably different than today. So was that version of you two yes. years ago fake? Yeah. No, no, of course not. It wasn't. It was no, just, that that was just the you that, that you were bringing at that time. It was you that we were bringing to the table at the time. Now, nothing is more frustrating and can. Um, take away someone's confidence, then when you get to the end of your day and you put your head on a pillow and you say to yourself, why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I raise yes. my hand? Yes. Why didn't I ask for the sale when that person obviously, or my product or service was obviously perfect for yes. them, right? That's, that's when you actually didn't bring who you really are to that moment. Mm-hmm. That's being inauthentic. Yes. You not doing what you know that you can do. Mm-hmm. And people fundamentally understand this and that's what makes and causes people to feel and beat them or beat themselves up or self criticize or whatever. So this idea of using an alter ego, it's not about you faking it at a behavioral level. What this is doing is it's drawing out of you the natural abilities that you do have that are laying dormant or trapped because of worrying about what other people are going to think of you. Yes. um, uh, Concerns and worries about something failing or Again, I talk about it in the book how there's like there's three really common or there's three hidden forces that the enemy likes to use. Carl Jung talks about the shadow. Yep. Right. Yes. And so in the book, just as a kind of a, a great theme to bring through it, I kind of use a bit of a, a comic book theme with it or um, uh, my, my mentor, Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey with it.
1: I was saying and, Hero's and, Journey. Yep. And so, exactly.
0: And so there's an enemy that pulls you into the shadows and he uses like three really um, sinister hidden forces. One is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. That you have dismissed away a lot of your achievements and your wins to luck, right place, right time, and things like that. Another one is um, tribal narratives, I call them. Things like they sit at this layer of our identity where you don't even realize that you're acting through them. Like, you know what? My family have never been a entrepreneur so why would I be an entrepreneur or African-American African-Americans can't do that or you know insert anyone else or women or men or any any label that gives you
1: the negative association to
0: get off the hook for actually succeeding in doing the work yeah yeah and so and that is that it's actually very common that 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 happens it's just that it happens at an unconscious level you don't even realize that you're acting through those things And then the third and that one could
1: also be a member what school I went to yeah. or didn't go to. Yeah. It's the anything way I was raised, my than
0: parents were divorced, like anything yeah. you can't control. Yeah. Anything that's large, like yeah. anything that's about attaching you to a group that's larger than you, Yes, your family, your religion, yeah. your, even your country. Oh, yes. Americans don't do it that way. Yeah. Or, you know, Canadians, they're so friendly and, you know, yes. like just things like that. And then the final one, which is my experience, which, you know, I really had to battle a lot of my life was just personal trauma. Some people have mm-hmm. just been through some yes. extraordinarily hard stuff. Yes. And um, that's actually really how I found and got into the world of mental game stuff was, I literally got into trying to um, master my inner game just because of, out of pure survival. I mm-hmm. was unfortunately sexually assaulted when I was 12 by two men over the course of a couple of days at a church camp. And obviously you know, I was, had an amazing family And that ruined me, Um, and I never shared that with anybody until literally just a year and a half ago, for the very first time with my wife. Because I was running at the red line, you know, revving that engine as hard as I possibly could, and I had achieved a bunch of things in my life, and I thankfully found strategies like this to help me get there. But I had three little kids, I was going through a bunch of you know business upheaval with a lawsuit with a former business partner that I was taking to court. And um, I just couldn't keep that volcanic rage below me anymore. 100%. And, um, you know, but my, my point is, is, so I, I moved if, through that. How, I would never share you, this now if I didn't actually, yeah. f- I faced it finally. You know, I, ha- I got really good friends around me and I found just phenomenal professionals to yep. get me to, to really face it and move through it. I want, so, so like,
1: not everybody listening, yeah. but, it, but I am like yourself. I literally looked at the first, you know, 20 years of my career as almost like a scientist in a mm-hmm. laboratory. Mm-hmm. One-on-one, like 30,000 hours of private sessions yeah. the last time I tracked and that was yeah. I don't know, 7-8 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. The number of people that I've dealt with that have some massive tragedy yeah. that they were then able to convert into triumph, mm-hmm. but never were able to get satisfaction, never got joy and happiness. Yep. There was never enough. Yep. You're naming it. Right? Like, yep. so, so, so maybe just speak. I know it's off, off no, topic. No, no. This is important though. But Please yeah. speak to maybe the person listening who is, has a loved one that dealt with something like this. And, you know, you could yeah. take. Any horrific label experience and yeah. put it on there, right? Yeah. I know yours. I've talked to many other men and women that have dealt with that. Yeah. How did you move through it?
0: I was, so thankfully, I had two phenomenal parents. And um, a piece of advice that my mom gave me when I was leaving the farm, because they knew that, and I've got two older brothers and a younger sister, they knew that I was the one that was not going to be coming home to the farm ever. Yeah. You know, that I was going to go off and try and conquer the world or whatever Todd's goals were. Um, and she just said, you know, whatever you go and do, always go out and find whoever's the best at it yes. and learn from them. Because they knew that I was, I mean, my dad was the best farmer there. there I mean, Period. he's, yeah. and, and the stats just show it. I mean, yeah. what he ended up building yeah. was incredible. Um, and so I've always thought about that. Whatever the cost was going to be, I was going to go find the, the best. Yes. Um, and so I did. I reached out to friends when I finally got to that point where I first shared it for the first time and just said, listen, you know, can you refer me to anybody who can help? And a good friend of mine, Jonathan Fields in New York, phenomenal podcast as well, just an amazing human being, put me in touch with um, this psychiatrist who s- specifically helps yes. you know, people with young childhood trauma and, and having an expert like that navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, sharing slowly, with good friends mm-hmm. about some of the experience, not everything, but just allowing them to just uh, through the encouragement of my psychiatrist is just like encouraging them, allowing other allies to come to your help. But you're
1: also that old metaphor of you're peeling away yeah. these these layers and letting people in yeah.
0: that you trust that now yeah. have your back. So that's all part of the healing process. It is, and and you know you can't do it on your own. No, I mean that's why I avoided it for so long, and that's the, that's I, I had this big long post. On Facebook, where on December 31st, as I was going into my 2019, and I sit down and I and I talk about this, actually with athletes, one of the core things that we teach is in the context of visualization is visualization is actually very very challenging to do. Um, everyone talks about you know, just visualize. It's it's not that easy if you haven't mm-hmm. trained yourself with Correct. it. So the easiest way to do it is to actually. Do what I teach, which is called scripting, writing it down. Because what it does is it mm-hmm. slows down your mental processes. And as you write, because you can't, you think way faster than you can write. But when you're writing, sure. the color becomes more, of course, more um, vivid, highlighted,
1: more clear, more yeah. emotional,
0: more intense. So I was gonna, I was about to script my 2019 because this book is coming out. It's a big yeah. year and everything. And uh, the first words that I wrote down were, um, it just didn't come out the way that I was, you know, what I my intention was. But it said I tried to drown myself when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And then I got into the story and I wrote it out so that I could call my parents and all my siblings for the very first time and tell them because I wanted one cohesive narrative that I could re- read. To yes. Them. Um, and um, and so my, my point about that is I f- shared it with them and it was you know amazing, brought us closer together. And then I published the post. Um, but that process of constantly bringing more and more allies into my world got me to that final place and got me better and better help along the way. Yes. Um, those quality people. And, but just, I was like, I'm, I, I've am i got three little children and I was not going to give them what I call secondhand trauma. Mm-hmm. I'd been dealing with it. Okay. Speak about that. Cause this is, yeah. I love you already. This
1: is, <laughs> I don't know how we haven't met, yeah. but thank goodness we did. So speak about yeah. that. Secondhand
0: childhood trauma, trauma. secondhand trauma. Um, I was at Chelsea piers where my little kids go to preschool. For sure. We just had our little boy, Charlie. Um, and it was a tough childbirth and my wife and uh, Charlie were recovering and I was picking up Molly and Sophie, uh, you know, uh, two and a half and three and almost four put Sophie in the, in the carriage and then picked up Molly to put her in the carriage and my oldest Molly, she's just this extraordinarily, um, emotionally aware kid. And um, just a sweetheart. And she, as I was putting her in, I didn't even get her butt into the seat. And she looked at me and she put her hand up to my cheek. And she said, um, Daddy, are you happy? And I said, yeah, I'm happy. Why? And she said, oh, because you've been yelling at us a lot lately. And it's making us sad. Ooh. I yeah. was a puddle. Yeah. Chelsea Pierce. I mean, biggest yeah, sports yeah. complex in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. And um, just stood there and I cried. And I said, I'll get it fixed, honey. And, and that was... The precipitating point. Now, I hadn't shared it with anyone yet. It still took me a few more months, but I was, in my in that moment, I was like, "Wow, you have been carrying this, and you can't hold on to it any longer. And now you're passing just emotional energy onto your kids yes. and giving them secondhand trauma." And I was like, "For f f that kind of thing, I'm not going to let that happen."
1: Todd, I'm sitting. So we, my wife and I, started our business. I have two boys. They're six and four. And we started the business when they were two and four. We're sitting at our little fam- family restaurant in Cronin El Mar, it's yeah. called Sapori's. We're sitting at the same table where we're already at. You know, like fam- it's the total fam fam, you yeah. know, busy crazy entrepreneurs, no time to make food, but let's have family dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and my wife and I are literally sitting there arguing over some financial something right yeah. in a startup. And my six-year-old Michael stops us and says, every time we come to dinner, you guys sit here and argue about the business. Is this all we're ever gonna do? Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, like my wife and I looked at each other like, uh, you know, you feel like a failure as a parent, Yeah. but then the recognition of, okay, this is what we're doing to, what are we teaching our kids right now? Mm -hmm. Like we were trying to solve complex problems in our business. Yeah at the dinner table yeah. with a four and six. I mean, it was just, yeah. looking back, it was bombastic, right? But to think about what we were embedding into the, so then we had to like consciously shift mm-hmm. away from that and okay, what's how are we gonna control the narrative now? Yeah. Now I've got both of them that wanna come to work with me inside the business, yeah. they understand it now, they see it, but I've asked him, like, do you guys remember that? And my older brother would be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. He's like, but it seems like you guys have moved beyond that. And like, you're in a better place and yeah. you guys worked it out and kind of keep it in the boardroom. And, you know, they don't say yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but I could now my yeah. older was 19. You don't let that go in the bedroom, do you dad? Like, that would, that would be bad. <laughs> but like, they get it. Yeah. So that's a like, that's a huge aha that I think a lot of people maybe lack the self-awareness. Like, they, yeah. they weren't blessed. To have this beautiful four-year-old daughter, yeah. you know, yeah. put her hand on your cheek and like, "Daddy, are you happy?" Yeah. You know what they do? They just go play video games now. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a she. I, I don't. If I can go so far as to say she saved my life, but you know, I talk about in that post that you know, I, I attempted suicide four times in my life, and you would think that when you're choking down charcoal mm-hmm. after you've just swallowed three bottles of pills. Yeah. That you would maybe have an aha that, you know, this stuff isn't, this isn't working out the way that you're operating isn't working out, Yeah, but just didn't have the strength to go and, you know, say to someone, Hey, this is what's going on. Or, you know, just yeah. tell this. Yeah. So, um, we but have, that, we a, but that was what did it. Right a there. big
1: culture of people that are just either, they, I think it's a lot of men specifically that, um. They've just been trained like they have to know the answer. Mm-hmm. Take those feelings, suppress them way down inside your stomach, yeah. and don't express it, and just be a good soldier and keep marching along. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I, you know, probably just like you, I deal with a yeah. lot of male and female, yeah. and right, like so. You you deal with that and you see it. Um, so this book is a way to express it, to maybe clear some of that. I mean, in yeah. my
0: it's it's well for me. So eighty two percent of my pro and Olympic clients when you're rattling around between the six inches of people's ears trying to help them with their mental game and give yeah. them strategies and give them new tools to help them, you know, really get into the zone and flow state out there. Yeah. And you know, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Um, you end up poking little holes that, you know, oh, are, sure. are sensitive. And yeah. then I am not equipped. You know, I stay in my lane of helping people with performance, helping them get the most of the capabilities that they already have. Mm-hmm. And I am not an experienced therapist. So I have a stable, of the pros of the pros who I refer off to and I want them to help. But um, kind of to your your point, there are... Existing tools that we have. I'm not saying that when you if you've got trauma that you need to go wait on the sidelines until you get yourself all fixed up. Heck free. no. Most of us no do way. not have that ability. No we way. still have to get and, and so we need this to kill beca- and eat. This becomes yeah, this becomes an elegant way where you yeah. can still move around that because for whatever reason you can't see success for yourself. But the trusted friend, as yes. Cicero called it, yeah. becomes an ally within that can help you navigate that. And now all of a sudden you step out there as, you know, you're, you know, like, you know what, maybe I can't, but man, Tom Ferry could. And these are the things that I really, you know, admire about him. And I'm going to act through that. Um, And, you know, I I give people in the book, literally that's every step of the process that you need to use. There's no, you know, I give people some extra resources, but the thing I'm really proud about with the book is everything is in there. There's nothing yeah. that I held back from people that, you know, causes you to have to go and buy something else. It's yeah. there for yeah. you because yeah. I didn't want to be that way. Yeah. All the tools are there, but yeah, it helps you navigate that. And it just, it is truly allowing you to tap into that massive superpower that we have that has been, you know, muted and dimmed with that yeah. creative imagination to help you get out there. So one of the questions I wanted to ask, and I got to preface yeah. it with,
1: um, my mentor, Mike, Right. Sitting with him in Miami, nine o'clock in the morning. It's typical Mike Vance. Yeah. He worked with Steve Jobs, Jack Welch, Mother Teresa. While I was working with him, oh, so just you know, picture. I'm the fourth call. Yeah, right. So you just went with Mother Teresa, and the one before that was Steve Jobs. Okay, so he's like, <laughs> no pressure, kid, but I expect big things from you. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I said to him one time, you you met with all these. Like he invented the salad bar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just think about it. like you've been to a salad like that was yeah. one of his inventions, right? Like just one of a million things this guy was a part of. So one day I'm sitting with him. And I said, "So Mike, you've worked with all these amazing people. What do they all have in common?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "They've all answered the five questions and they live by them." Now, of course, I had like thirty questions I want to ask him, yeah, right? Yeah. So of course I'm like, just you know, get rid of all the notes. I'm like, okay, what are the five questions? And I'll just tell you the 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 basics was, hey, why are you on this planet? What is your purpose? Mm-hmm. Right? Which for every human being, what you know, Buddha or whoever yeah, yeah. say, you know, like you know, step one is like know yeah. know your purpose. If yeah. you can figure that one out, and then live your purpose, but yeah. He got to the very end. It was all these, you know, like when you, you know, where do you see yourself in 20 years? If you were like, if you're absolutely crushing it, he didn't say it that way, but that was kind of the, the genesis. Yeah. Yeah. what's your DNA? What are you naturally gifted at? Do that. Don't worry about anything else, all that kind of stuff. But the last question he asked me was, who would you already be if you were there? Mm -hmm. Who would you like? So when I look at like, like everything you're doing here, I'm like, is this, is this message that you're putting out in the universe we know it's going to be super effective for an athlete yeah. because you know, someone like a Michael Jordan or you know, a Kobe Bryant, right? Like like they created like, yeah, I've worked out with Kobe Bryant. He created the Mamba yeah. and he wasn't the Mamba in the early. That was when he had some tragedy in his personal relationship and some conflict in the news media that he became the Mamba. Yeah. Right. He chose to be the Mamba. Exactly. Is what you're talking about here in this alter ego, like, is it relatable yeah. for a saleswoman, yeah. uh, a leader, a yeah. startup? Like, like, do they need to do that, or can't they just absolutely be an entrepreneur and
0: so, so one of the crushing as a sales gal? Yeah. So, like, one of the key ideas in, that I that I'm bringing to people is that that is a field of play. So, like, that athlete or that entertainer. You know, people think of like Beyonce and Sasha yeah. Fierce or Kobe yeah. Bryant and the Black yeah. Mamba yep. or um, uh, And we'll get into like kind of the leading story that I talk I'll talk about with Bo Jackson. But is that? It's all about context. We're not building yeah. an alter ego for the entirety of your all of the landscape of your life. Yeah. It's always in the context of that stage. So in business, um, that role that you're going, or you know, when you're going home to be that parent, that's a field of play. There's yes. a different aspect yes. of your personality that's yes. being you know, amplified mm-hmm. with your kids, hopefully than when it is in business. Like me, I'm a challenger personality. Mm-hmm. I, I, I coach people to bring up their absolute best performance. If I brought, the, and it'd be very easy for me because I'm in that mode all day long, of eight to 10 hours to bring that home to my kids and just continue to carry that. The it's... last thing my kids want is dad being decisive and confident and articulate. Yes. They want playful, fun, and gentle dad to show up for them, yeah. right? Yes. And so context is, that's one of the really important ideas to help you really perform to your best on the important stages of your life. So I'm going to be civil with multiple personalities. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually, so in the psychology world, a big tenant that has been around for a long time is that they've always felt that the most healthy people mentally were people who had a single self one identifiable self mm-hmm. that they that they um uh, they took out into the world yeah. it's actually been it's proven PS. fundamentally yeah. wrong yeah. and actually they've pointed to the fact that typically if that's how you operate you actually have high levels of mental health issues or you're more yes. you have a higher propensity sorry of mental yeah. health issues and so the, the, the largest growing um, area of study in psychology is, is this area called multiple self theory, which is the understanding that there are, you have multiple identities that yes. you're bringing to these yes. different stages. And it's not about having multiple personality disorder. It's that you have a healthy understanding that, yes, who I am with my friends is, of course, different than who I am with my kids. Yes. And so if that's the case, what, who and what do I want to be showing up on that field That's going to get me the result that I'm most looking for. And that's why this is not about you being fake. Inauthenticity is when you're doing things to trick or deceive other people. This is about you understanding that truly at your core, you have this capacity of intention where you can choose and direct your qualities out onto that field so that you win. When I came home, Sophie, my middle daughter, she has a fantastic emotional bandwidth. She has phenomenal highs and she has tantrums that would win her a gold medal. Yes. And, um, you know, so me, tough dad, she has this force called tantrum and I'm gonna meet that force with just me, and I'm bigger, I'm an adult, and of course you're gonna dominate them. Well, that would be an 18 minute long tantrum. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Instead, I was like, wait a second, You have been using this idea of tapping into that trusted friend for such a long time. What is the one quality that you could do in that moment to really get the best result? And I immediately went to Mr. Rogers. If there is someone that I could act to and through in that moment to get Mm -hmm. the best results for my kids, it would be him. Mm -hmm. And so that's my gentle self that I bring to the table. And the very first time, I could almost get choked up, the very first time that I did it with Sophie, which was the next day. She was having her tantrum. I got down on one knee, just like he would in all of his shows. And I grabbed her and I pulled her in for a hug and she melted. And it took eight seconds. Her tantrum was eight seconds. She was done. And like any kid, they go running off and they've completely forgotten about what their thing oh, yeah. was. And Next. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Now inside, I was still having that like normal kind of inner Anxiety issue, and. Yep. But I, I chose that path. Yes, And that was what I call the heroic self showing up. I suspended my own disbelief about what I could do, but I brought Mr. Rogers in to help me in that moment. And so anyone who's in sales, you might have something, some inner resistance stopping you, but you could tap into someone and something else in that moment of impact, I call it, that could help you to show up as you know that you most want,
1: Yes, which gets you
0: a different result. And that is not you being fake. That is you being the most real you that you can be because you're actually activating the capabilities that you already have. 100%. Okay, I gotta ask this question. I mean, first of all, that was brilliant,
1: right? I'm, I can't, this is I'm on one, my like, soapbox with this. I, no, no, no I man, didn't. like, listen, like this is gonna be one of those ones, like, like I'm in the middle of the interview and I'm literally thinking about how much fun it's
0: gonna be to listen to the interview okay, yeah. and take note. Now you're telling <laughs> yeah. me all this stuff is covered in the book? Yes, 100%. This is going to be a heavy read and it's not though. I constantly remind people in the book, don't forget while yes, people have had difficult things in their life. Don't forget. You already know how to do this. Yeah. I have simply codified the process for people, Bingo. but you already all I'm doing is I'm, this is like a great remembering. Yeah. This is causing people to remember that you've already done this to play with this. Yeah. And you don't even need to use every single step that I talk about. No, not even close to tap into its power. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Something that, that caught my eye. Ready? Yeah. You talk about the
1: power of enclothed cognition. Yeah. What the hell does that mean?
0: <laughs> so in cognition is um, this psychological, I know f- both yeah.
1: words. <laughs> what
0: the well, hell does it mean? <laughs> this is, this is the teaching point of yes. the day. All yes. right. The um, word of the day is <laughs> clothes cognition. Um, so it, there's a psychological phenomenon that we have where we will, um, Ascribe meaning and story to the things that we wear, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ever heard of the idea that you know, you know, um, dress well, act well, sure of thing. Of you, know, you look yeah. your best, you feel your best, you're gonna, you know, get your best. Yep. Um, well, that's actually in code cognition in in action. And uh, to explain this out, the Kellogg School of Management did this study around it, and they brought a bunch of students into a room. And have you ever seen that kind of word puzzle where it has the word of a color, mm-hmm. green? But it's colored in a different color. Mm-hmm. So green, but it's in yellow. Yeah. And then red is in blue and all that. So there's a bunch of boxes with those words on this puzzle. And these students have to come in and they've got to say the word, not the color. And it's because our brains process color before before language. Yeah. And, um, and they're going to time them for their accuracy, the number of mistakes, the detail, and how quickly they can do it in. And so they bring the students in and they um, track each person's results. They leave, then they bring in another group, and this time they hand them a white coat. And they tell them that it's a painter's coat. And they put on the painter's coat, and then they do it. All right? Then they bring in the third group, and they hand them the same white coat. And this time they tell them it's a lab coat or a doctor's coat. Mm -hmm. And then they do it. Well, the results between the people who wore the painter's coat and the plain clothes was nothing. There was no difference whatsoever. Because when you think about when you're putting on a painter's coat, you're activating in your mind the qualities of someone who's creative, yes. expressive. But for that task, being creative and expressive wouldn't have helped you. No. But the people putting who wore lab coat But the person who the people who wore the lab coat or the doctor's coat made less than half the mistakes and they did it in less than half the time as everyone else. Why? Because they enclosed their mind in the cognitive abilities mm-hmm of a lab person or a doctor who is methodical, careful, calculating, detail oriented. So they activated those inner qualities and their results changed. Now, was that them being fake? No, it wasn't them being fake. That was just them them simply acting to and through a new way of thinking. Yes. So, it, it, it. almost
1: impacts their physical state, their physical, emotional, cognitive state. Put on like a, play, put, put on a police
0: uniform and see if exactly. your physical state changes. Exactly. Absolutely. I was, I was
1: thinking of like when I was a salesperson, like putting on a Superman cape yeah. or watching Star Wars movies yeah. and wishing like I had like an imaginary lightsaber. Closing my eyes while I was on sales calls, yeah. talking to people like I had the force,
0: dude. I need to send you, so I'll send you a photo. But I love
1: I, you. Just called me, dude. That just dude, warms dude, dude. my
0: heart. Well, sorry, I apologize because I, I work in sports as well, so I've got a lot of, no, uh, and, and these 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 young kids are a lot younger than me now. But anyway, I'm uh, but I've got a Darth Vader helmet. I have a Darth <laughs> Vader helmet, like working Darth Vader helmet. And uh, oh. I am not a marketing person, but there's times where I have to write things yes. and I love to put on my Darth Vader helmet because it yes. would be so easy for me to get caught up in my own. I've got dyslexia as yeah. well, yes. but when I, but when I put on my Darth Vader helmet, it's like, no, 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 he just slashes through. It doesn't oh, care God, yeah. about the judgment or anything like of others. Yes. I just write. And I yes. mean, do I wear it the entire time? But what is it? It's me being playful for someone who struggled yes. in my regular yes. life, right? With yes. so much you know, crap in my head, I was using these things to be a little bit more playful as well sometimes, but I love it. to this, to this point of enclosed cognition, what we do then when we're using this idea is we find a totem or an artifact to help represent the qualities that we want to show up on that field. So for me, when I started in business, I was 21 and I looked like I was 12. Yes. I was so insecure about the, like what other people were thinking of me, you know, no, one's going to listen to me on stage. How could this person even stand up there and talk? He hasn't had enough, you know, um, I don't know, if that's, I don't know what that's yeah. like, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, and so I used when I played, uh, football, my alter ego was Geronimo,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Walter Payton and Ronnie Lott were a part of it. And so was this tribe of Native American warriors. Where I grew up in Southern Alberta, it is rich with Native American history. Mm -hmm. And so we had fire rings from when Sitting Bull came across the border and he fled from uh, the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Actually our land and near our land was where they had um, came to until they finally settled in Southern Saskatchewan. But um, so I used that in football and then I was thinking to myself, wait a second, I use that on that field, why can't I use an alter ego when I go out into the business world? Geronimo was a little bit, I mean, but that wasn't gonna, his skills weren't gonna help me on that, so I thought to myself, well, what can, I'm like, wait, if I could just activate like my inner Superman. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about glasses. And then immediately I was like, wait a second, all my best friends that were brilliant in school all had glasses. So I went out to Lens Crafters in West Edmonton Mall, which was the largest mall at the time, and I bought a pair of non-prescription glasses. And that was when I did my reverse Ta-da. Superman. He, exactly. put on, he put on glasses to, to become Clark Kent, to be the mild mannered version that the rest of society accepts. Yes. I put on the glasses to be my Superman version of myself. Um, and uh, And when you think about how most people act with their results, most people are going out as a Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And when you think about who's the alter ego, Superman or Clark Kent, people think people when i've asked people in audiences they say yeah. superman because yeah. they think alter yeah. ego as power and i'm like yeah. no, no 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 the no. alter ego is clark, clark kent. kent and so what i challenge people with is most people are walking around as probably a more fake self than what's really inside and so if i can give you a tool to help mm-hmm. you activate the real heroic you that you've got then i'm happy to do that and that's what happened to me i got out of my own way and i acted through that alter ego and it At one point in time, I I I share this quote from Cary Grant, the great golden era actor from Hollywood, 1940s, 50s, well known for being debonair and charismatic. And he had this quote at the end of his career where he said, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, or I became that person. But at some point, we merged. And the only thing I would change about that is I activated the person I wanted to be. Todd, say the quote one more time. He said, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, or I became that person but at some point in time we merged. And so when you think about your current performance and the things that you might not be happy with, think of it like a two circle Venn diagram. There's a circle of your current results, but there's this vision of what you know that you wanna go out and do. And the bridge to help bring them together is the creative imagination and tapping into an alter ego that helps bridge that. And then at one point in time, like I did, I realized, wait a second, I am confident. I am decisive and articulate and I'm not even wearing my glasses anymore. So mm-hmm. I became the person that I wanted Bingo. to be. Bingo. But you first had to identify who do I need to be? Exactly. I go back to my mentor. it's yeah. the
1: same question. He's like, yeah. who is that guy already 20 years from now? hundred percent. Let's, let's analyze that. Let's articulate it. Yeah. Let's codify it. And then let's start being that person. Mm-hmm. John Wayne, I think had a very similar quote. Cause you know, John had that same, yeah. you know, like he yeah. started out one way and became yeah. what we all think of as this legendary John Wayne yeah. human being. Yeah. And, and look, that could just be, madonna i mean i just started thinking of all these you know this this whole um enclosed bit also it also reminds me of every athlete i've ever met that does say oh man in the playoffs we don't shave yeah right yeah that i wore the same pair of underwear until i got to the majors yeah i'm like really he's like really (laughs) really i'm like really really (laughs) really i mean it's right like (laughs) yeah but but i've said to people plenty of times hey if you have an outfit that makes you feel unstoppable Wear that on every business appointment you go on. Yeah. Like, make that a part. of, Like, yeah. go buy ten black suits if that yeah. makes you feel comfortable.
0: Right? Like, yeah. is there something to that? One hundred percent. So I'll, I'll share one story. Yeah. That I'll kind of. It, this is this is my Easter. Bring it home, baby. This is Bring my, my e- this is my Easter egg in the book. So the cover All of right. the book has a pair of glasses. Right. Yes and you know i wear i've got perfect vision 2015 i continue to wear glasses now i mean when i got glasses that was not when wearing glasses was like a stylish thing to do the optometrist even said he's like but you've got perfect vision i'm like can you just give me the freaking glasses please (laughs) nowadays people wear them for style and dress right so that's what i use them for now yeah um also as a bit of a totem to other people to let them know that this is cool like this is totally natural yes but I'm, uh, so people think, of, like friends, we're like, oh, it's interesting that you put your glasses. And I'm like, no, it wasn't that. And then they go, oh, it's the Clark Kent Superman thing. Oh, that was smart. And I'm like, no, it's yeah. not. Those are actually the replica of a pair of glasses of an extraordinarily important person that lived in the 20th century that led one of the most important movements in American history. I was doing a speech a long time ago and I talked on stage about the mental game and the inner game and how I use glasses as, you know, to step into this, you know, um, a better version of myself so I could do the things that I wanted to go and do um, and not let resistance get in my way. And um, afterwards, this lady came up to me and she said, I loved your talk. And specifically, I loved that idea that you shared around the glasses. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough Martin didn't need glasses either. And when I looked down at her name badge, it was Coretta Scott King. Wow. Martin Luther King had 2015 vision as well. Yeah. And he wore glasses as a way to step into what he called his distinguished self. And as Coretta told me in that moment, she said, he felt like he was carrying such an important mission. And um, he was on such an important movement. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to get in the way of that movement with his own insecurities. So he put on the glasses when he was doing his deep thinking to step into that distinguished self that would take the slings and the arrows of criticisms for his more um, gentle self or his core self or what precious self, whatever it is, right. That we're worried about getting those arrows, but he wasn't going to let that get in the way of the things that he were really important to him. So he wore those glasses to get into the distinguished self and really do the hard thinking that he needed to do. And it would be hard to argue that we aren't grateful for the fact that he went and did that. And now, and I never ever shared that story until just recently because that was a personal moment between credit and I, um, and you know, I didn't necessarily want the challenges of other people who are like, oh really, you met Curtis Conklin. But now there is a monument to Martin Luther King in the Atlanta Hartsfield airport where his glasses and a few other items are on display and there's a card that says, Martin Luther King never needed glasses and he used these to step into his distinguished self and they're on loan from the Martin Luther King um, Foundation um, that Coretta had uh, and, and I've shared that story with. That is the, yeah.
1: that is the raddest story yeah. I've heard in like five years.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and um, well, the thing that I'm so passionate about this is like, this is going to be everyone else's story. Yes. Go back to this creative yeah. imagination. It's like, there's so much of you that can get unlocked when we start playing with this idea. And it's not weird. It's not strange. I'm telling you, and that's why it's so important for me to share lots of stories in the book. It's such a normal thing to do. It's not childish. You know, um, uh, life is challenging, especially for those of us that are out there striving and trying to grow and, Mm -hmm. you know, impact other people with whatever it is that we're trying to do. And if we can do this and, and also be playful and have fun with it, I mean... I mean, that's that's where I needed to go. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I have to cut for a yeah. commercial break really fast here. Uh, today's show is brought to you by LensCrafters. Crafters. In case you're wondering, <laughs> just go to lenscrafters.com forward slash Todd and Tom and get your. <laughs> I'm trying to do a partnership. I'm trying I to, had do to do a do partnership it. with Warby Parker now because yeah, exactly. that's where I get my glasses. So, exactly. you know,
0: please return my phone calls. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, my
1: God. That is so clever. I'm sorry. I just yeah, I had to That's do it. gold. That's Okay. Gold. So, as we wrap it up, yeah. um, Man, it's been really like it's been really cool getting to know you. And yeah. I can't wait. Like it's like it's not often I want to go back and listen to my own interview. Yeah. Right. I can't wait to de- you know, devour yeah. the book. Um guys you gotta buy this book. Um, podcast, like or audio, like audible, yeah, or like David Goggins book. Yeah. He sends me an advanced copy and then he sends me the audible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I throw the book in the trash. Like, really? like I signed it. I was like, yeah. uh, okay, well, I'll get it out. Yeah. But like the audio was so incredible. Yeah. Right like I know yeah. it's your it's your work and you know yeah. people are gonna have yeah, different well, modalities I, I, I narrated
0: it too and I mean again it's it was my when they when they said hey do you want us to get in a someone else to read for you we actually suggest not because you've got you know yeah. at least an adequate voice yeah to, to do this so um uh yeah so when I'm telling the stories obviously I can tell the stories in the of inflection of how they happen yeah. and um uh yeah I encourage you to get both there I mean go. have something in your I mean I I talk about the importance of like when you're making change happen having something in your physical environment is one of the most underrated things that you can do so having that thing stare back at you but then you know listening to it um, do both powerful powerful, man. Thank you so much. Um, where, if they wanted to find you, I assume they just Google you and you're going to Twitter, ever, yeah. Instagram, Todd Herman.me is my home base on the internet. Cool. Um, if they want to learn more about this alter ego effect.com. but Todd Herman.me is going to have all the stuff there for you too,
1: man. This was super cool. It's very powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Buddy. Hey, so there you have it. Todd Herman. That was one of those interviews. We both, when we finished said we could have done this for five more hours. He's just that kind of human being. I really hope you take the time to pick up his book, get the audio program, listen to it, devour it, and then send me a comment. Let me know what you think, because my hope is that you'll be able to discover your alter ego, that black mamba to your Kobe Bryant. Really cool. Anyway, so as we wrap it up, I do want to say to you, this is a, you know, a new podcast for us, and I want you to know that you listening really means the world to me, and the comments and the likes and the hearts and all that good stuff, just know this, I'm paying attention and I really appreciate it and I appreciate you. Just a little heads up, next week, if you're the kind of person that wants to build a big business, if you're looking to hire, train, develop, retain and ultimately succeed with a sales team. You're going to love my show. I've got three of the best team leaders on the planet talking about their best hacks, best practices, best approaches, including how they even let people go. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again. And talk to you soon.